Hey, it's Last Name Good here. Um, I want to tell you a little bit about Lander. That's Lander.com, L-A-N-D-R.com. They do audio mastering, but not in a way that you're really expecting. Uh, mastering makes your music sounds polished and professional. You need it, you know, if you want to compete in, in the arena, the big arena of music. So uh, using an engineer, you know, it can cost anywhere between 150 bucks to 10000 a song, honestly. But Lander Audio has made an algorithm that does the same thing for a fraction of the cost. Actually, about $4 a month is where it's starting at. So it's the fastest, the cheapest, best option on the market. And they make your music sound accessible to everyone. It works by using artificial intelligence to analyze your track, and then it performs the same process and steps as a real engineer would use. So you can try it for free and to be a supporter of the Straight Out the Den podcast. So here's how you can do it. Uh, go to join.lander.com. So that's join.lan dr.com slash s-o-d-d you go in there you're going to get two free waves of your master if you want to know what it really sounds like check out this audio clip and let me know your thoughts now what you're hearing right now is an unmastered track compared to a, a professional master track mastering in the final boost and polishing music needs to sound radio ready Usually, you know, like I said, mastering can cost anywhere between 150 bucks to 10000 per song, depending on the engineer, of course. But what you've just heard right now is mastered by Lander using the artificial intelligence. And all you have to do is go to Lander.com. Once again, use my promo code join.lander.com slash S-O-D-D. You're going to go there, try mastering your own music for free today. Join.lander.com dot com slash s-o-d-d landers l-a-n-d-r we greatly appreciate it and look you're not just doing me a favor and i'm not the only person that vouched for it disney warner music nas everyone's favorite mc at some point and a ton of others but i personally use it and i personally vouch for it so once again to be a supporter of the Straight Out the Damn podcast, go to join.lander, that's L-A-N-D-R dot com slash S-O-D-D. Hey, what's going on, people? It's Last Name Good of the Straight Out the Damn podcast. And I know uh, before we get started, do anything, yes, we're late. Sorry, we're late. I know. And we did not have a podcast last week uh, dealing with some stuff that I don't really want to talk about right now, uh, some personal things, but... Uh, thank you for holding on and we will get into some of that stuff a little bit later. But uh, before we get into the interview today, we have a dope podcast uh, with the homie Billy V Atlanta. Uh, before we get into that, we do want to make sure that we tell you we never got a chance to really announce Den Music Fest lineup uh, with you guys. So look, the tickets are on sale right now. Den Music Fest is live and direct. So I'll tell you here. Here's the lineup for you guys that may have missed it or haven't seen it. Uh, we have quite a few guest that's on the lineup right now and i'll tell you so look november 26 uh at the music room here in atlanta georgia we got fleetwood fred tate 228 paid in america yes we are on the festival the queendom jasmine alfred banks jb emmy award winning jb i have to make sure i, I say that because that's a huge feat man shout out to him uh truth hayes typical div Basshead Jazz, all the way from Birmingham. We got Madrid from Fayetteville. No, excuse me, Raleigh, North Carolina. Milestone, Indiana, Rome. And look, there's many more to be announced. So that's just a few 
that are already on the lineup. We got DJ Five Me Up holding us down on the one and twos. We got uh, Da Vinci the Great is going to be in the building. DJ B3 from my hometown, Macon, Georgia, is going to be in the building. DJ Brian Bird, uh, DJ Utes, Utes uh, is going to be in the building and is hosted by typical div and cheyenne xo so look if you haven't already go ahead and get your tickets uh, we have early passes available right now at a discounted rate at dimmusicfest.com i can't stress to you guys enough to go ahead and get your passes early because the price will increase uh so they are available right now and look i'll tell you this this is a secret don't tell anybody but because you are a listener to the straight out the damn podcast we're gonna give you 25% off your passes. Don't tell anybody I'm doing that. All you got to do is enter the promo code SODD. Enter SODD and you're going to get 25% off your tickets. So um, go ahead. They're already discounted now and look, you take an extra 25% off just for using the straight out the den uh, promo code. So it's SODD. We're, we're super excited about um, Den Music Fest. This is the second annual Den Music Fest and Man, I tell you, there's a lot of work going on behind the scenes just to make this happen and make it happen the right way. And we're growing it and, and we're so excited about the growth that that we're doing now. And our goal, what we're set here to do, we're trying we're all about discovery and we're trying to cultivate that indie talent here and across the globe. So what we want to do is build a festival that is truly for indie artists that are on the way up, man. And you know what? We're, we're cool with being in that space. We want to give you a shot before anybody else does. Uh, this is what this festival is built for. So, yeah, I won't go on and on about it. But look, just go to denmusicfest.com right now. Pick up your tickets. Check out the lineup. Look at everything. Uh, all the information is there on the website. So uh, November 26th, that's the date. Show up, show out. And look, artists, it's not too late to submit. We're going to close submissions very, very soon. But we do have... Um, couple of more acts that we want to make sure we give a shot to so go ahead and, and you can find the submission info on denmusicfest.com um, as well so remember those submissions are closing pretty soon if you are an artist that want to submit any genre is accepted but just know that we are a hip-hop based festival so if you're doing hip-hop and r&b you got a better shot just keep it real with you but that's it hey we're going to get into this episode with uh the homie billy v atlanta right now Hey, what's going on, people? It's Last Name Good of the Straight Out the Damn Podcast. And today, special guest in the building, long time coming, man. I don't know. I, think, I feel like we've been trying to do this for about a month now. Yeah. But uh, if you don't recognize that voice, it's the homie Billy V. Atlanta, man. How you doing, bro? I'm doing good, man. I can't complain. Just working, just like usual. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, this is, I was going to say this is your first time in the den, but no, this is your second time in the den. Right, right, right. The first time we were here, we recorded this record. Some of y'all may know of, it's called Tales from the Chevelle. Yeah. And uh, that was one of, probably one of the quickest records cut <laughs> in <Yeah>. history. <laughs> probably less than 30 minutes. Less than 30 minutes, bro. Like, I'll, I'll tell y'all about that night real quick. So we came in. Uh, I know Coop had been saying, like, man, Billy want to work. And I was like, yeah, shoot, tell him to come to the house. So he came through. And, you know, I just started working on this beat. And I had this Wawa, like, sample that I was just like, man, this thing here hard. So I probably, like, no cap, made the beat in probably about 15 minutes. For real, for real. And everybody wrote their verses in probably, like, Five to ten minutes. Yep. And then everybody went and recorded. That whole song, like, from start to finish, 
realistically probably about an hour from start to finish and you got tales from the chevelle and that was my that wasn't my introduction to you we had been been around each other for a while but i kind of want to go before that to like your early journey in music mm-hmm. so that's what this podcast is about like we we help people you know indie artists that listen to this they want to know like man how do i get from here to there so like what was that starting point for you that, that you can remember i remember the starting point really something that i really don't like to do now and that's like doing the little club performances mm. like i started out doing the 20 dollars to perform 40 people on the list <laughs> they don't know you so you gonna be last mm-hmm. so i started off doing that so um i was doing that for a while then when i got with a um couple of indie labels in the beginning they had me doing the same thing and it took me a while to be like everything they had me doing i can do it on my own so i started when i started looking for some type of representation or a platform to represent me i wanted to make sure they can do stuff that i wasn't already doing and that's that's how i started really just um recording and and performing really and i used to record in my room on this thing called jam glue it was like an online studio mm, okay yeah, i used to record jam on glue. that yeah so that's really how i just got started just really recording mm. you know uploading stuff on facebook i wasn't i was rapping on myspace i think yeah i've been yeah i was rapping like ninth grade ninth okay grade. So, so what what year was this you said myspace i now, started back a little bit yeah i was i wasn't taking it serious then i was just uploading mm. So that was probably like 2009. I really started taking it serious, like 11th grade year, because I used to bring CDs to school. Mm-hmm. And that's why I say R.P. Matt Miller, because my first CD that I ever did, I rapped on a few of his beats. And okay. I took it to school, and I was like passing them out and stuff like that. So really, I started taking it serious like 2010. Okay, okay. Around so, 2010. So you, you like eight, eight years in? Eight years, Eight yeah. years in. Man, you know, something you said about... Um, the paying to perform. We, we've talked about that in different episodes here, but I think that's a lot of artists' same journey. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they'll start at the, like, you know, oh, man, $40, and, you know, you probably perform two songs or something right, like right, that. Right, you right, know? right, um, And, unfortunately, it takes a lot of artists that have to go through that to figure out, like, man, this is not the way to go. Right, not not the way to go at all. And then you, you deal with that that frustration of, like, Man, I want I just want people to hear my music. Mm-hmm. And you know what I mean? And then at what point did you realize for you like, man, this really does not it's not really beneficial for me? I realized that once I seen they really didn't care. Most of the people that's there, they only care if the only thing they care about in them shows is you paying to get in, paying to perform, and what you spending on the strippers. Mm. And the only other audience there is the rappers and they girls or or the rappers yeah. and they homeboys. That's really it. It's not really no way to be a fan base. That's why I started doing stuff like um like the formula. Mm-hmm. You got the score, like y'all festival, the den. It's like stuff to where, okay, we going to hand select a couple of artists and we going to pick these artists and these artists are going to have on the show that we have a relationship with. Right. People that do that, they actually care about what you got going on. And then a lot of those people, I know that a lot of them type of shows, people pull up that's not performing, don't have no relation to the artists. They just see, hear about it. Mm-hmm. So other than like you know the club performance and then the type of music that I do is like it fits those type of settings right better. You what, know? what what would you describe as your type of music? Um, I like music that give like a vibe. 
Okay. Like I'm 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 lyrical, but at the same time I don't mainly focus on that. I like to focus on everything as a whole. Okay. Certain songs how the beat is and how the hook is, you might not need to be lyrical. Sometimes you might be lyrical on the song, it throw the vibe off. Mm. You know, so but I just like music that like gives a whole like like just really like vibe really. Right, I just right. like music that just like to sit back and chill and then Atlanta is so bad because Atlanta Really, the main artists that get light is if you have some type of gang affiliation, some type of street affiliation, yeah, yeah. or you look a certain type of way and your music is about, your music got to be about shooting drugs or sex. That's really all it is. I just like to make music by like smoking and chilling mm -hmm. and just, just kicking it. Because it's a lot of times, a lot of people, they'll feel, they'll feel bad or they'll feel uncomfortable about listening to that type of music if that's all that's around because they might not be that type of person. Right, right, People right, don't right. understand. It's, it's what about the college kids that just like to smoke weed and chill, mm -hmm. and but they like music. They don't want to listen to that type because they can't relate to it. Right. So I feel like it's more Atlanta music is more relatable for the people in that type of hood or gang lifestyle, but I'm trying to make a way for people that just, hey, I just like to go to my job every day and just mm. chill. And when I get paid, I just like to go out and smoke and chill. That's like, it. It's like an escape almost. Yeah, it's like an escape from all that. So that's the type of music that I like to make. You Now, okay, so the, the name Billy V. Atlanta, um, what, you from Atlanta. I mean, you, yeah. you know what I'm saying with the name. What, what, what What's the correlation with the name? Like, where did this come from, the, the whole with Billy? I changed my name. Um, I had one. Did I get a drop of the early names? Yeah, oh, okay. my, my first name, I had a name, my first name was Crucial. Mm. I changed that to No Space Suit. No Space Suit? Yeah, because I liked Wayne. I still like Wayne. That damn Carter, what it is, the Carter five. five about about drop. Drop, man. I still like Wayne. He ain't my favorite artist. He ain't in my top five, but I like him. Mm -hmm. He in my top ten, but. Wayne used to always say he a Martian, this and that, and I used to be like, you know, if an alien come down here, they need a suit or whatever to survive here. You go up there, we gonna need a suit. So mm -hmm. I feel like no space suit, that's where I belong, I'm different. But that got corny, so I changed my name to Billy Plain. It was Billy Plain. Billy stand for business is long lasting year round, meaning okay. I always wanna be working. And Plain was please lose all negative energy. And it stood for, you know, like paper planes, like weed and shit. But mm -hmm. I changed the V Atlanta cause my um my uncles, they was in they was in Vietnam. Okay. I okay. don't remember all their names, but one that I really had a relationship with that I knew, mm -hmm. my uncle John, he he died but um years ago, bro, when I was younger, but he he fought in Vietnam. And my granddad was supposed to go to Vietnam. I don't know how true it is. I hear some of the family say he was supposed to go, but he hid out mm -hmm. and stuff like that. But I know my uncle was definitely in like my grandma all her brothers went to Vietnam. Okay, okay. So and, it's something that's close to you. Yeah, and, and and my grandmother, she grew up with my granddad. Like like they've been knowing each other since diapers. Mm. And while they was growing up, when my granddad was in his like early twenties or whatever, he got he was supposed to get drafted along with her brothers. Oh, but wow. he ain't never go. You know what I'm saying? So and that's why I really got named for my uncle and stuff like that. And Vietnam, Atlanta, and I'm. And I went to high school and stuff in Clayton County and stuff mm -hmm. like that, but I was always on the border, like Conley, 
Conley Road, Jonesboro right. Road, but my grandparents always were from Lakewood and stuff since I've been living. They from Mableton, but since I've been living, I've been back and forth. Like, I go stay with them for a few months in, in Lakewood over by Cleveland Avenue, then I go back to my mama's house. I just used to be back and forth like that. So You, were there. you said Conley Road, man. I was born off of Conley Road. Oh, that was up, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm going to stay right there by that sit, go to Texaco and John's Fine Food right across the street. So you're going too far with me now. I can't yeah. look. See, I was born over there, but we moved like... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I was born on kind of like my birth certificate got Conley Road on it, bro. Like, dang, yeah, yeah. for real. That's so he said up. it was like, yeah, it was, it was definitely there. Um, I hear your story, and you talk about like having uh, to me a name is everything, right? Mm -hmm. And to have a name like that where it actually means something, like you, you, that's number one is talking about it's part of you and it's a part of your family, and, and it's almost like you're paying homage and tribute to your family members that right. you know fought for, fought for our country. Or and whatever. then I like dead presidents. Okay. That's one of my favorite movies. Okay. He went to Vietnam. He went to Vietnam. Okay, yeah. so it's a lot. It's a lot of things that's in there to kind of tie it in for you. Um, I'll say this, man. Like, and this is just like having a regular conversation with you. Like, at what point in your your journey in music did you feel like? okay, I can actually do this. Like, this is something I can take serious. It's not just a hobby anymore. I felt like, I felt that in high school. Okay. Because in high school, um, every time somebody new comes to school that rap, mm -hmm. they people always make them come to me to rap against me oh, first. Word, word. Okay. Yeah, like, they, I was always the person, like, in the lunchroom, if they bored, they'd be like, hey, Aaron Rap. That's my real mm -hmm. name, Aaron. They'd be like, hey, Rap, or whatever. So, and then when I started seeing that, every time I would rap in the circles, i get the biggest, like, outcome i get the biggest like reaction mm -hmm. and then after that after high school i started going to the studio well, i was going to the studio during high school but i started seeing how i just knock out songs real quick and when i used to go to shows people used to always come have them send them in the conversation they don't know me look man i'm telling you stick with it little <laughs> bro you fine you just saying that because because yeah, yeah, yeah. you in my face like i used to get them conversations yeah. everywhere i go so that's when i really wanted to be like yeah i can do it then you know that man that's super important though to get that you know what i mean like that that um what do you call it like that i guess verification and mm -hmm. from especially from people that ain't in your circle right yeah because your people in right. your circle they gonna whether they yes man or not yes man like they want to see the best for you for the most part you know right, what i'm saying right, so right. they might do a little more encouraging than a complete stranger who coming up is like yo bro like you actually dope you might want right. to keep going with this thing so i i feel that 100 percent for you like I, i've listened to your music a lot and um you definitely got the type of style whereas it's for one you you really can rap <laughs> like, yeah i like, appreciate you know, that like, bro i be trying man sometimes i be <laughs> like man i ain't no, like you really can rap, you know what I'm saying? But but on top of that, and, and actually talking about something, when you say you create that vibe, you do create a vibe of like. I hear when I hear your music, I hear like some like chill, bro. Like mm -hmm. just like chill, like don't yeah. worry about all this other stuff. Like we here now. That's what right, I kind right, of right. get, you yeah. know. And I, I think that's important to have some type of avenue or lane that you can drive and, and, and fit yourself in. For you though. When it comes to making music, like what is your your true process of, of making music? My process is how I do is I recently started this process. Usually, how I started, I just wrote random verses and songs without oh, the beat, right. just writing verses. Okay. I used to write a whole bunch of verses. Then when I finally get a beat, I would see which verses match the beat. They used to take mm. too long. I don't know why I used to do that. And then <laughs> you know, I make the hook. You know somebody who um. 
I just heard an interview. Uh, shout out to NPR microphone check with Big Boy. Mm-hmm. Big Boy said that's the way that he used to write. Yeah. And what he would do is he'll just write, you know, he'll write verses. Mm-hmm. And then he'll hear the beat and try to fit it to it. But he went like, he would have this verse and might have some cadences here on paper, but right. then he'll switch them up to that. And that's what kind of gave him his unorthodox style, like all over the place type thing. Because it was right, like he, was right. writing, he wasn't writing to the beat. It was like mm-hmm. he was fitting to the beat. And so when I hear you say that, that that's the first thing that, that it reminded me of. But I, I didn't mean to cut you off. I just had to oh, you sure. yeah, yeah, get that in. But like my, my, my process now, I basically, first I decide how many songs I want on the project. Okay. This is when I'm doing the project. I decide how many songs I want on it. Then when I choose the song, I, how many songs I want, I pick how many the beats for it. Okay. Fit. okay. And sometimes it take me like, really, it's, it's that's the longest process for me. I'm real picky about beats. The writing process is real quick. Like some people say, you know, some people take forever to write. People, mm-hmm. mo- people know me. They say, man, I don't know if anybody knows this, but they'll be like, man, he take forever to find the right beat. Like mm-hmm. it take me a long time. Like when I pick the beats. So if I say like somewhere in V Atlanta, basically how I did it is this process. I recorded it to take. I've been working on it for almost, almost two years. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, yeah. But I, I recorded the tape like five times, mm. fifteen songs each time I recorded. But then this last time, I finally found that batch of beats. I said, okay, I want like five to nine songs, five to ten songs. Right, I right. ended up choosing like nine, I think nine or ten. I chose the nine beats that I like when I record them. So first I choose the beats and I write to them and mm-hmm. then I rehearse them up until I'm able to get up the money for the studio or this or that. And even if I got the money for the studio and I'm ready to go in, um, if the song's not really all the way done writing it, I don't go. I like okay. to go to the studio. Okay. And even if I'm done writing the songs, I still won't go to the studio. It take me, I'm so quick with it because when I go to the studio, I be done practice these songs for about two weeks. And I just go in to the point I almost know them by heart. Ladies and gentlemen, what you heard just then was a gem. I wish more artists worked that way. Like, for real. I mean, when you build it from scratch, I get it. And, Mm -hmm. like, if you're working with, like, a producer who y'all have that type of rapport where y'all build it from scratch. Or it's just your studio. Yeah. Or or just you in there with your partners. That's That's But If I don't know you and I'm just booking some time. Yeah. That's the thing. Because, man, look, I'm I'm, I'm 34. Mm -hmm. I've been around for a little bit of time. A little bit of time. I always wondered how old you were. No, bro, I'm 34. Cause I was like, I'm 34. He my age, but then <laughs> he might be old. You know, certain people, right? right you can't right. tell how old they are. They look older and younger at yeah, the same it's, time. It's a blessing, man. I, I look, I, I, my age is depending on where I'm at. Right, like, right, really. Right. That that's what it is. Like I, I'm, most people, if I tell people I'm 34, they're like, bro, like you lying. Like mm-hmm. most of the time, I get like the 29, 30. Right, 31, that's what I was thinking. You know, right, around right in there, not never 34, but. I say all that to say I've been around and, and been able to been in different types of studios from like when you had to pay for studio time when it wasn't as fast like this when it was, you know, you might be going to early studios I went to like, you know, they might have like a 16 track right, recorder right. and like yeah. you, you in there and it's it's a long. You got to one take a lot of stuff. It was a lengthy process, mm-hmm. right? So when you were in those types of situations and back then everybody didn't have like how we have here, like it was really limited studios. So you mm-hmm. go in this place, like these people can charge one hundred twenty five dollars an hour because, yeah, you know the studio. It wasn't no twenty five and fifty dollar an hour with studios, right, but man. it was like, yeah, bro, the cheapest you're gonna get is about a hundred dollars, mm-hmm. and you know you might not even get the best engineering. And so you had to learn how to do it. So what you saying 
No, before I even get into a studio, like I make sure that I know the record. So when I walk in, it's easy. Like right, I just right, go in right. and lay the record. And everybody looking around like, how were you able to do that? I practice. So that's the gym. Like if y'all don't take nothing else away from this episode, record and think about your stuff first before you go and record. Like exactly. practice, practice, definitely. Right. Yeah, that's, man. Seriously, bro. Like, <laughs> man, I can't stand going to studio and folk be taking forever, man. Yeah, man. I mean, like, if you got it, if it take you, because the engineer told me in the studio, he was like, man, that's the fast I seen anybody knock out nine songs. I knocked out nine songs in three hours. He said he done had most people come in, they'll spend two hours on one song. Mm-hmm. The only, like, I understand if you purposely spend two hours on one right, song. That's right. different. Because I've done spent three hours on one song on purpose mm-hmm. just because I wanted to experiment. But if you going in there and you really saying with the mindset of, man, I'm trying to knock this out, right. and it take you two hours, then it's not for you. <laughs> yeah. That's what I just feel like. So definitely, I mean, you, you got to know the message that you want to get across, and then execution is everything, right? right? So you going in there and you got it's a job. Like I know people don't look at rap and and this industry as a job, but it really is a job. Like you don't show up at your job. Well, some people do show up at their job an hour late. But you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like you ain't gonna You're still putting your belt on to your yeah. uniform. You out there on right. the floor. Right. Nah. You got you, you you gotta get out there and you gotta come prepare and it makes a difference. Like you can see the difference between the people that are prepared mm-hmm. in that whole recording process. Um what's the like the the hmm, what's the weirdest situation that you found yourself in, like on this independent journey? Uh, when it comes yeah, to just studios and because and, I know the shows we we went past the shows, but just from an indie artist, like the weirdest situation that you found yourself the in. Weirdest situations. On the personal side, a lot of weird situations for everybody be like when they let women come into certain mm-hmm. shit. Okay, like break that. A, break lot, that a lot of people don't know how to do business and and personal. They don't know how oh, to okay. separate the two. I, I've had a couple, I never really had a lot of situations like that, but that's a weird situation I see a lot of people go through. But as far as weird, like on the business side, I would say promoters. Mm. They just weird, man. Promoters weird are- in a bad way. I don't, I don't really like them club promoters at all. Yeah. I can't stand them. I don't even like, when they follow me, <laughs> I don't even like the club, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and the, no, I feel you. And they always put the same thing where I feel like it's just, it's just strange because they not really getting that out of it. Mm. It's like they'll put wanna have wanna win a record deal. Like if you a real artist, you know it takes more than just pulling up paying twenty dollars. Right. The only right. person that I remember that said they actually got discovered kind of slick off of a club performance, just performing, mm. is Young LA because he said Young Dro seen him at the club performing at mm. the open mic, twenty dollar mic. He said, "Bro, I'm gonna come at link with you." And he said later Dro pulled up. And stuff. That's the only person that I really know that it's did very like. Rare, bro. Yeah, like, it's real rare. So I feel like promoters like lottery, are. Man. <laughs> yeah, pr- promoters are weird, bro. Like my last like show like that, I ain't gonna even say their name, but <laughs> that's I, how you know it was bad. You don't say the name. Yeah, it was like it was. It wasn't nobody we really know like that. But it's like this one promoter. He kind of like we get there early, mm-hmm. but then it's like I don't know. It just be a lot of like weird stuff. Like if he don't really know you that good. He gonna just play you to the backfield. Yeah, like I, I'll say personally for somebody that have I, I mean I, I do promote shows. You know mm-hmm. what I mean. So I'll tell you from from the perspective of a promoter. But you're a curator. 
if that's how you say it. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I, I 100% agree with that. I, I'll say, though, like, when it comes to the promotion of an event, promoters deal with a lot of a lot of stress that other people don't see. Mm-hmm. However, the promoters that you're talking about are people who don't care about the artists. Yeah, yeah. And that's a big difference. Like, I came in this thing, like, 100% caring about the artists. Like, this platform was built strictly because of, like, Man, I saw I wasn't getting a shot, so I was like, I hate trying to go after people to give a shot. So why just build something where I can give people shots? You right, know right, so right. That, that was the whole point. And so from a promoter's perspective, I, I hate that too. Like, man, you want to win a record deal? Like, mm-hmm. like uh, we got A and R from here gonna be at here, and you know, I all- won so many contests and ain't received. Now, one person I would say. Not to cut you off, I forgot their name, but they said they had some connection with free bands, and mm-hmm. um, I forgot. I want to say the name because they they always be fair. But these like some actual club promoters that be in the hood, oh, okay. like straight okay. gangster, and yeah, you would yeah, think yeah. that man, they don't know me. I'm yeah. a nerdy looking dude, man. Them folks, if they don't know, like them folks did not know me. Yeah, I came up there to perform. They let me go first. Mm. It was forty people. It was at Club Karma. This last like club club performance I really did it was forty people, people that they knew there, other street niggas and shit. I came and performed, and I I performed probably around ten o'clock. It didn't end to like four in the morning, and I won. Yeah, I was the first performer. They didn't know me from a can of paint, yeah. and I won. The people like that, even if I didn't win, they was fair though. Yeah, and so some some stuff like that be cool situations like that. It's a, it's a luck of the draw, man. I, I I'll tell any artist like, and this is not to be pessimistic or anything like that, but the chances of you winning a record deal off of a showcase are very slim. Right. If you now, it's all about the perspective of the artist. Now, if you walk into a showcase thinking like. My goal here is to almost like how comedians do things. Like, so mm-hmm. comedians will go and do, you know, they might do five or six shows a week, mm-hmm. like these little 10 minute sets, but they're only doing it to work out jokes. So when they get go and do the big stage, everything already worked. Work right, out. right. So if you're treating those showcases like, I'm going here, going in this fan base here, I'm going here, and I'm doing these, you know, 10 minute sets, but I'm just really trying to get my show down packed. Mm-hmm. It's different, but if you go in there with the expectation of like somebody get a deal out of here, like you're gonna get right. let down, right? You will. You know what I'm saying? Ninety percent of the time, you're gonna get let down. So, right. And I, I feel the frustration. Uh, the, the tape you said that you're working on, or it's already done. Yeah. It's somewhere in uh, somewhere in Vietnam. Somewhere in Vietnam, the nine tracks. Uh, producers on on it. Who are, yeah. Who um, the first song on there, my brother named Kobe. He got a okay. pretty big fan base on on the internet. His Instagram is Kobe Locks. You spell it just like Kobe Bryant and Locks. Okay. L O C K S. Y'all follow him for beats and stuff like that. He's a rapper. Okay. He's um twenty, but he he produced the first track on called Location on the tape. Did I meet him? I felt like I yeah, met him yeah, at the yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You probably met him. He, yeah, he done been a, I think the show that you performed was he there with you? He might. That's that's Breeze, Flyboy okay. Breeze. Okay, okay. That's he, he's not on this particular tape, but okay. we got a lot of stuff we working on though. Gotcha, but gotcha. he engineered a lot of my stuff in the past. Okay. But yeah, my but my brother um is he produced the first track. Then I got Fresh Bueller as the other in house producer on there. Yep. And then the rest of the beats I just got off, you know, internet that was free and stuff. Or now producers online that I don't, you know. Gotcha. Um, like so for you I wanna like, okay, so what type of artist would you consider yourself like? Are you 
an artist that's that's really built off of the internet or you I don't know what I don't know what other type of artist it is like wh- how how do you define yourself as an artist that may be a better it's question it's probably not I really don't know as far as the internet I'm still mm-hmm. trying to figure that part out because there's a lot of stuff on the internet I'll be like man y'all making the internet like the radio now <laughs> but in there's a big platform it but is. I would say internet but I like blogs and okay. podcasts okay that's what but I basically like build myself as an artist to a point to where I just want people to be able to relate to me. Okay. I want to have a universal type sound to where even if the person not interested in what I'm interested in, it mm-hmm. applies to their life too at the same time. Word, word, word. Yeah. No, no, that that makes a lot of sense. It's kind of just being a universal. I, I, I ask that because, like, it's it's a different climate now. Like, having the, excuse me, quote, unquote, being like an internet artist. Mm-hmm. Like it's, I mean, I don't know, man. Like it's so, it's so different. And like you said, it's hard. Some of it is hard to figure out because you got people that, uh, you know, you look up and they got thirty thousand, three hundred thousand, right? Um, listens on SoundCloud and just like, he just put the song up like two weeks ago. I mean, you know, it's, how do you fuck be buying it? And a yeah. lot of time it's promotion too, though. It is. I was gonna say, a lot of it is promote. I mean, and, and truth be told, right? Like if you're paying for a repost. Technically, that's just promotion. If right, you really, right. I mean, if you really it think is. about it, like you just paying somebody who got a huge fan base to be like, "Oh, I vouch for it." Repost, like, and it's know. real like cheap because my manager he be finding a lot of little avenues mm-hmm. for like promotion. That'd be like ten dollars, and it works. Mm-hmm. You know, so it just staying consistent. You know, right, even with right. them hashtags, like I don't made hashtags and twenty people follow me a day. I put hashtags, but then I stopped doing it for two weeks. But imagine mm-hmm. if I would have kept doing it every day. It's like something to where you'll forget about it. Mm-hmm. You have to keep reminding yourself. Hashtags are, believe it or not, are very important. Like it's just, yeah. it's a lot of different tactics, man. But I'm glad you brought up hashtags. Hashtags is just like a, um, it's, it's like discovery, really. Right, right, it's, it's right. A, it's a discovery thing, and if you can find the right hashtags you know you can get discovered by a new audience but i, I found the key is to to use hashtags first you want to have like a unique hashtag so for like mm-hmm. you i know you do um like your the emoji you use all the time is like the wave yeah, the you know wave, what i'm saying yep. so that becomes familiar to people like they see that and they start connecting that to oh that's billy Villalano. like he right. got this wave like you, you connect the dots same thing kind of with hashtags you got to find like a unique hashtag that's mm-hmm. only to you Right. That and then, you know, couple it with some other hashtags that, that are that, that work with your brand and it over time I mean this thing takes it takes time, yeah, bro. That's the thing that people don't get know. Familiar. Yeah, it takes time. I know what y'all make me familiar. I don't know. I just every time I see y'all I see like the 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 pay in America type graphics, how y'all oh, yeah, had yeah, Trump yeah. up there or with the dollar. Yeah. And then yeah. y'all use a lot of dark colors, I noticed. Even with y'all videos, it'd be like a dark blue or something, like, or it might be black. Would you believe me if I told you that was all intentional? Oh, okay. See, it's I ain't... All, it's mm-hmm. all intentional. Everything that you see, I'll say 98% of... And he's he's talking about pay in America stuff um, for people that don't know. But um, like I said, the, the majority of the stuff that, that y'all see... It's super intentional. Y'all remind me of um, what's that movie I just said? Dead Presidents. Oh, when they yeah. had on the black with the white face paint. Yeah. Y'all remind me of that, like like that whole scene, like in the morning it was dark yeah. type shit. Y'all remind me of that. 
That's man, shout out. I, and I can't, you know, a lot of that stuff is just uh, our creative uh, director, Bib Jaleel. Um, mm-hmm. He's also an MC, but he his we tell him the vision that we we have and he adds on that and elevates yeah, it you know what right. i mean so uh we can't like me and coop we can't take credit for that ourselves like he he adds a lot of touch to to what we do and um just the team in general man like we coop and i have like some very intentional things that we want to do and and a message that we want to get across and that's part of you know like branding itself you have to tell the at the beginning, define what the message is that you want to give, and mm-hmm. then like drive that message home. Now, sometimes right. it might take six months, sometimes it might take six years. But mm. if you look at everything that that the branding says, it, it should tell the right story, and it should tell the story that you want to tell the people. Right, right. Um, and you know that's just stuff that happens over time. But I, I think personally. Especially like in the world of social media too, bro. Like mm. we get so caught up in the, we look at what everybody else is is doing per se, and it, it always looks good, and then right. you kind of get lost. Like, man, what about? St- I ain't. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, sometimes you're doing some stuff right. It's right. just, it's man, just it's some of people yeah. on social media look like they just rich, and I meet them Pop. in person. <laughs> These folks, like, if not regular people like me. They be like either homeless or they Bruh. they working a regular job. But when you go on there, they be like, you just had all this money. Man, that was just my check. I saved up my check. You know what I'm saying? Oh, or or oh, I probably cap. took $200 and sold some weed and flipped that. Now it looked good. Them all ones. It got 20s on each side. I'm like, yeah. man, come on. But, but that's the so. thing, though. You don't find that out until you deal with those experiences. And, yeah. and it, it sucks because it'll have you looking at yourself like, dang, like almost like looking at yourself like on, on some less than like, man, right. I'm not there yet. And then you find out like, no, these people really, I'm actually in a better position than these folks. Right, but right. you know, and that's the one thing I hate about social they media. They good at like the law of attraction, man. But at, at, at the same time, the law of attraction helps them. Mm-hmm. You know, you just got to figure out how do I find the balance between all of that stuff, you know? Right, right. Um, and that that's a journey in itself, honestly. That's a real journey because everybody working. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, everybody working. Everybody trying to get that same goal, man. Right. Yeah. Have you have you figured out your your goal, your end goal? Do you know yeah, your end yeah, goal? My goal is I'm trying to be that rapper like, for one, man, every rap in Atlanta, man, all y'all be sounding like Lil Baby or Gunner. <laughs> I like Gunner and I like Lil. I'm not a fan of their music like that, but I like them how they got their own little style. Mm-hmm. But it's like people don't understand is the goal is to, to create your own sound. People don't understand now it's Lil Baby and Gunner. It was just Future. Mm-hmm. 2010, everybody wanted to be like the rich kids. Them same people that wanted to sound like the rich kids in 2010, they now sound like Lil Gunner. Mm. And then before that, it was everybody wanted to do snap music. But it's like people like T.I., Lil Wayne, um, you got people like Currency, you got people like, even like Matt Miller before he died, Them the guys that made their own sound, mm-hmm. it was a time to where we thought they was irrelevant because our community around here was like what's on 94.5. But really, okay. they still had a cult following. I'm trying to build that cult following. I'm trying to bring back music like in 2010, they had like on Supreme or Diamond Supply. It was a lot of skateboard brands that mm. was popular. If you look at Matt Miller early videos, Wiz Khalifa, Currency, they had like a lot of just like the cool like like everybody like like box logos and mm-hmm. stuff. Like when our future came out, I want to bring back like that skateboard. I don't skate. I used to skate a long time ago, but my brother he mainly skates. But I like that culture, that cool like stoner hippie. 
I just want to skateboard, chill, smoke, yeah. and just rap type culture. I'm trying to bring that back. Gotcha, gotcha. Not like I'm wear a tight Gucci shirt and <laughs> put the money up like this with, with what, the little tight pant. Man, I don't with, like that, with, man. With the chains. Yeah, um, like, like the choker chain. I, it's cool if it start like right here. You got thirty choker chains. Man, on? them folk have it all the way up here, man. I don't, I don't like that, man. Yeah. This new style. Only thing I do like, I do like the bags because that is an older style. Like I oh, feel like that. Yeah, uh, like the, the fanny pack. Yeah, the bags and yeah. stuff. Like I, I, I like that. Some people say it look gay, but I, I like it. You I mean, know what I'm saying? It, okay, so the thing about hip hop is one, one of the things you said was super important was that. You got to find your own style within that because those all of the artists you see now, like to me, I feel like everything we're seeing now is in a, a direct extension of Lil Wayne. That that's just me personally. It is like we see from if you look at Lil Wayne, Lil Wayne is well, Lil Wayne looks old as crap now. But mm-hmm. before then, you had you got tattoos on the face, mm-hmm. you got locks, he you started got all that, all of that, you, the chains. People don't remember. You remember before skinny jeans was popular, and he was and, he, and, and he he wore them skinny jeans zebra pants, and it looked so weird to it me and so everybody. Weird. We were like, "What the heck?" Then after that, now we see people wearing it all the time. He was the first person like that. He was um, what the the auto tune like mm-hmm. all of that. What we see, Lil Wayne started that, and now you're seeing. And I don't want to say kids, but you're seeing like the younger, the younger artists, like that's a direct extension of what Wayne started and created mm-hmm. and made popular. Now, it's, I mean, and then the thing is, ten years from now, you're gonna see something completely different. And so right. now you're getting a lot of Drake. Mm-hmm. You're getting a lot of Drake. Like so, you just out of nowhere, you just see rappers who, I mean, I know rappers that used to like rap, like rap, rap. All of a sudden, now they just melodic. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, where did that and come then, from? But you know what? Like, I feel like that's why the best era, I feel like my favorite era in hip hop, and I feel like the best era in hip hop is 2010. Like, mm. when Wiz and it come out, because that style, even that style of dress and music still hasn't faded. Mm-hmm. Like, um, Larry June, he one of my favorite artists too. He came out with a song produced by Cardo. Like, Cardo, that Cardo sound, that Cali laid back mm-hmm. Cardo sound, it's still like relevant to this it day. Is. That's is. like one era in hip hop, 2010, 11 to 12, that's still like still going relevant. On. Yeah, it's still going on, really. Yeah, I, you know, and, and the thing is, like I said, eventually it's going to switch. You, mm-hmm. I, I think you just have to be, well, you got to be innovative and, and smart enough to know. When things are shifting and recreate, you know, like right. at one point in time, and going back to the Lil Wayne example, at one point in time, Wayne didn't use auto tune. Right. Then he was like, "Hold on, this might be the new wave. I'm start mm-hmm. doing auto tune." And now that I hope when we hear this Carter Five, it ain't a whole lot of auto tune. Yeah, like yeah. Wayne, like bro, you you showed us you know how to do that. Like let's right, see, right. I want to hear we something else. Get back now. to yeah, the rapping yeah, now because Wayne rap. really can rap. Like, he really can rap very yeah. well. And we'll we're recording this for people that don't. We're recording this Thursday night, so y'all mm-hmm. get this in the morning. Y'all should be able to listen to Wayne and the podcast and get all this in context, so y'all know right. what to talk about. But I feel like as an artist, especially the artist that you are, you you have a very unique opportunity mm-hmm. because you can you almost can kind of fit in any avenue that you want to go in. Right. You know what I mean? Like you you're 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 lyrical enough to be like oh i just want to rap right now mm-hmm. but you also like created a whole vibe to where you can be yeah. over here and just because i do chill. come out with them songs where they say oh it's kind of bouncy it's not mm-hmm. really trap it's not really dumbed down it's mm-hmm. like a beat to where oh it's kind of bouncy like 
you can really like vibe to it, play in the club, but not really the. It's like like how I did Satchel. Okay, okay. I still was lyrical gotcha. on Satchel, but it wasn't like no man. This boom bap type. Right, yeah, I right, can't right, feel right. this. Like it's still like I'm kind of in the middle, but I'm still categorized as that rapper. That okay, he can rap. You can rap. What's your um the favorite song that you recorded? My favorite song. I probably would say Satchel. Satchel. Yeah. That was like that was a couple years ago, right? I want uh, Satchel. That probably was like a year ago. A year ago? Almost a year ago. But I just re recorded it for the project. Okay, you're gonna put so, it back out. Yeah, okay. I'm okay. gonna put it dope, back dope. out on the project. But that's probably like my favorite song that I recorded. Then I got this one song called Midnight Drive produced by Fresh Bueller. And the what song is that on? Um it's on somewhere in Vietnam. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And then oh, my wow. brother, that location, I think they're my top three songs that I recorded. What you what you just said too, man, is is I think another gem, right? Like, as an independent artist, I think we give up on records too quick. Mm-hmm. And you know, think about so you you've been rapping since you said it's about eight years now yeah, that you started taking it serious. Yeah. So just think about you might have a gem in there from like three years ago that you ain't even you just like. Shh. Yeah, flowers thought- was one of them. I thought this was the one. Yeah. All right, man. They tired of it. Mm-hmm. Like, they ain't tired of it. They ain't heard it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Flowers was definitely the one. It had went viral. That chick, um, mm-hmm. Elk, uh, I think she got like a million followers. She got the blue check on Instagram. She mm-hmm. was twerking to it on her page. And people hit me up and said, you know, she twerking your song. Like, Flowers really like went viral, viral for real. I don't know why I stopped. So, yeah. You know, that's it was what, on Viva Soul, though. So, that's my question. Like, why did you stop with that record? I don't know. I started coming out because really I ain't like the second verse. Mm. I I could have went better on the second verse. That's that's really the real reason. Yeah, you know. Because I mean that that's part of the conversation that I want to have is is because as and I get it as artists, you know that you can do better. Mm-hmm. I think that has a lot to do with it. Like you know right. that you can do better. So it's just like oh man, that song oh, but it's like yeah, it's old. Mm-hmm. To people that don't heard it, but this is a big world. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of people that still ain't heard it. Yet. You know what I mean? And, and, and so I just say all that to say, tell artists like, don't give up on your record so quick. Like, even if it like that record, right for you, mm-hmm. I don't know if you do, but you need to make sure that you put that in your set every time you you doing something. Right. If that's the big like, is that to date your biggest like listening wise record, the biggest yeah. record? Every time that satchel. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no. It, oh, flowers. Flowers. Yeah. Uh huh. If that's like just look at like artists, just look at your um, look at your your data, right? So look mm-hmm. at your analytics and look at your plays. So if you're on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Music, all of it, just look at your plays. Whatever song's getting played the most, you need to be performing it. Right, right, right. Like that, it is what it. You might hate the record, bro, but like the numbers are showing that these yeah. people listen to this record, yeah. so. If they listening to it, especially when you're in a space where you, you haven't blew up yet. So mm-hmm. if this is the record that people love and look at what they like, boom, all right, I'm so on this set, I need to do even yeah, if it's like flowers this, and eighty nine ways, actually, yeah. That was off of Viva Soul. Bro, if you ain't yeah. doing that but like a verse and a hook off of both of them, mm-hmm. uh, you gotta give the people that because that's a big record for you. You feel right, I me? Mean? Like it's right. a big record. So you gotta perform that and at least put it out there. So now when people because people what, what this is what'll happen, right? People will see you perform and be like, yo, that's your record? You know how mm-hmm. people, like, they just, people, some people just yeah. hear records and don't even know who own them. Right. Oh, that's your song? Yeah, that's me. Bro, I've been listening to the record for two years. I ain't even know, you know? And mm-hmm. now you're connecting the dots. Now you got people that's all of a sudden 
Low key been a fan of you for two years. Right, right. And now y'all, you know, now it's like, oh, what else you got? Oh, this, this, boom. Now y'all, you know, it's it's something that you built. Right. So just, you got to look at the data, though. That's all. That's that's the the end goal of that. Just look at the mm-hmm. data and see what what's planned and where where people at listen to your music too. That that's super important. Um, what's next for you, like? And when I ask that question, I don't mean like musically. I want to know what Billy Atlanta, V Atlanta, thinking about outside of music. Outside of music, um, really with the mu- outside of the music, what I want to do next, I always want to have my own like, I think like, say, like a space, really, hmm. like a place where I'm I'm a big thrifter. That's something that I do when I'm not doing music. I like to go to different thrift stores. Got to talk about it, bro. Yeah, I like to trade and sell you know shoes clothes like that i like thrift stores i like okay. old vintage clothes so i always wanted to have my own space where it's a boutique basically oh that's dope that's i dope. know dizzy right he just opened up his boutique but i want my own boutique to be like some of my own merchandise too but also like a thrift store part studio part lounge you know that's what i'm dope. saying so i i, I, I always want the name to be like you know i got the soul food company that's my brand soul stands for standing over vertex um limits vertex being the highest point mm-hmm. and we stand over there and i put food on the end just soul food s-o-v-l though gotcha. you know gotcha. but i wanted to be called um the soul cabana so that's that's the spot it's gonna be like a studio and a lounge might have like a little space probably like from here to there like a little small studio space mm-hmm. and it's gonna have like different clothes and stuff and then it's gonna um be like a little lounge that's dope. And i was gonna let artists come there perform have listening parties and stuff like that so that's what i want to do next you know that's dope man like i i, I asked that question because i always want i want to see where where artists head are at because right. this music stuff like i mean man it only can go right so right. far you got to have some other plans like you mm-hmm. know and there's nothing wrong with rapping you can rap for 20 years that's cool what else we got going on? You know yeah. what I'm saying? And then it's like building a platform. Cause I got a son. Fact. He f- he just turned five. Okay. okay. You know, last weekend. So really building a platform for him. So like when he come up, he ain't got to be trying to go to different studio. Cause he tell me now he want to do music. He okay. tell his mama that. And I ain't even know really until like when his how serious he was. Cause my mom, where his mom picked him up. And she mm-hmm. said, you know, Zay been telling me he want to do music like you. So it's like to the point where. I ain't got to be trying to search for studio. He ain't got to search studio like how I did and going right. to studios, paying money. I don't ever get the full mix, getting gypped out my money. Mm-hmm. If I build a soul cabana, when he get older, by the time he get older, it it start out as a small space building, right. but it's right. going to be like a big space. Like I like how, basically, how, and it's going to be an art gallery too. Like how Damon Dash got the DD-112. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. think it's, it's like a studio, art gallery, merchandise. Mm-hmm. So my son can go there. He's like, oh, I ain't got to worry about it. My dad got the studio. Right, or, right. or I can have my listening parties here. Or my dad still do events for young artists like me. Because by the time he get old enough to rap, I'm still going to be like, he five. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm oh. give him ten, just give him 10 years. You know what I'm saying? So like by the time he get 15, 16, I'm not going to be that old. I'm still going to yeah. be like at the age to where I still can like be rapping. Right. You know, right. so. I'm still have that stuff access, even if I'm not. It's gonna be around to where he can have access to it. That's that man. Know? That's 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 great to um, to inspiration to do that. Like having your your son and using that as inspiration to to, to get to your other goals. That's that's super dope. Mm-hmm. I don't want I don't want that to go overlooked. Um, 
before there, there's some I, I got like a couple of other questions for you, but before I want to talk about the thrifting aspect because I noticed that you you like to thrift a lot. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Where did that that come from for you, for you? Um, in high school, it was me and a group of friends. We used to wear like the high top fades and mm-hmm. stuff. And it really started when I first seen Juice, and I liked oh, how they okay, dressed. Okay. Yeah. And then I ended up getting my hair cut like that. And that was back when everybody was still rocking the waves. I used to get made fun of every day. Mm-hmm. And then I get the Gumby. And mm-hmm. I wear the gummy for a while, let the other side grow back out, and then get the box again. I was just going back and forth. So I was like, these clothes out the mall, they look too, like, crisp. Mm-hmm. Like, they look too. And then at that time, the clothes were still kind of baggy. But I oh, go to yeah, the yeah. thrift store, they have all the high shorts, the, the kind of slim, you know, mm-hmm. jeans at the thrift store. Like, they have, like, outdated stuff that'll match to, like, my style what or you what. you want to do, yeah. Yeah, how I want to do. So I started going to the thrift store, and I started finding, like, brands that – that might be in the mall, but it's cheaper in the thrift store, and I just started doing. I've been doing it ever since. That's dope, <laughs> and, yeah. and that that's part of finding your style. You know what I mean? And, yeah, and, and being unique to who you are. All right, so look, this is the is I call these three lazy questions, right? It's something mm-hmm. that I ask every artist that I interview. So first thing I want to know is um, what inspires you? What inspires me? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, my son for one, and a big inspiration I would say is currency. Cause I like how um, he built. He was with a big label. Mm-hmm. He was with Young Money, and he was like Cash Money, No Limit. He went and started his own foundation from the ground up. I like how he built his ground up, and it's inspiring. Like I watch a lot of his videos and stuff. Like I study like a lot of stuff that he do, even mm-hmm. his sound. And um, that's like a big role model, somebody I look up to. So I, that inspired me. That that's one of the things that inspired me too. So uh, second question. Your earliest memory of hip hop? Earliest memory of hip hop? I would say if it's not, it's kind of hip hop, like Drew Hill. Mm. When I used to stay on the west side, my parents, they brought me, I think for Christmas, they bought me a little tape recorder. Okay. And um, I had a Drew Hill tape. And then my mama said I used to make up little songs. Oh. You know, I had yeah. one song. She said I used to say sometimes I do and sometimes I don't. So mm-hmm. I started naming stuff that I do sometimes, sometimes I don't. So that's like an early memory of hip-hop. Because when I had that tape, I remember listening to that tape. Yeah. And then trying to do my own stuff. Because that was back when you had Drew here, Josie, mm-hmm. and stuff. And sometimes that was back when they when singing and hip-hop was merged. Yeah, it was starting to merge. Yeah, yeah so you would hear them rap sometimes yeah, yeah, yeah. and stuff. So. That was like my earliest memory of hip hop. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, if you could change anything in hip hop, what would it be? Huh, if I could change anything, it would be <laughs> that whack ass trap shit. I like trap music, but it'd be that that cadence like I'm gonna money with that shit, man. If y'all stop doing that shit is whack, bro. And wh- like, okay. I don't fuck with none of that. That shit is trash, bro. <laughs> like that junk is straight trash, like and I feel like if I could change, that would be a thing I would change. I would change the Atlanta hip-hop scene because shit's whack. Mm. I, it's whack because good artists like, I'm just going to say Georgia, like Cantrell, mm. he dope. He got signed by Mass Appeal. You got people like Scotty ATL. You got B.O.B. You got Childish Gambino. And one artist that is on that type of wave is Young Boot. He he rap like that too, that mumble type, but he also can really rap. Can I heard really him rap. really rap. But you got different artists like Childish Gambino and them that's dope, but they get overlooked. Mm. So I would really want to change the Atlanta hip hop scene. That's why I want to change. For sure, for sure. Now, I, 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 that last question, I, I, I'm always 
eager to see what people are going to say because it always varies. It's, it's like you can get all kind of things to come out. But, yeah, I, I'll put it like this, right? The beauty of now is that we're not f- – well, unless you listen to the radio. If you listen to the radio. Right. And you can but most stuff it. is being accepted. Yeah, it is definitely being accepted. It is being accepted, but it's like now I kind of got the option of like, all right, let me – I know I can go to these playlists that I know don't have any of this stuff, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? But – yeah, I, I feel it's not. I'm not the hugest fan of at all. But, but as a DJ, sometimes mm. I'm kind of like, all right. Like the DJ. closest I get to that, like I like people like Made in Tokyo. Okay. I even like Lil Yachty because mm. he's different. Like it, it's like he. I feel like he's different. Mm-hmm. You know, he get on that type of rap, but he got his own style. But that's like the closest I go. Like, but I just like want to bring back like rapping, like. Gotcha. Cause like this is where Outkast come from, and you go from Outkast hey. to like what's what's popping now, and it's just like man, it's sad, really. Mm. Yeah, I think I think that's a good place to end it, man. You just said the greatest group of all time, so I don't have right. Nothing to add I to agree. That. I agree. <laughs> I don't have nothing to add to that. Look, man, uh, I appreciate you for coming through the den, man, and mm-hmm. um, just sharing your story with us. Like it's long long overdue, definitely right. long overdue. But um, you know, I always ask people. This is your time right now. So if, if maybe we miss something, um, you have the floor right now. Is there anything else you want to tell the people before we get out of here? You want to say shout out to TCA, my management, the Soul Food Company. That's my brand. Somewhere in V Atlanta, aka SIV, cause that shit gonna be sick as HIV. That shit dropping um Halloween. Um, we about to have promotion going around everywhere. It's gonna be the dopest. No offense, nobody else, but everybody should say this about their music. It's going to be the dopest tape this year. I'm just going to say that. Yeah, yeah. So, For I sure, just got to put that energy out there. So, you know. <laughs> got to, man. You put the energy out there that you want to receive back. Yeah. Hey, man, look. It's Last Name Good of the Straight Out the Damn Podcast. We're here with the homie uh, Billy V Atlanta, man. As always, look. If you have. Well, before I say that, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. It's it's imperative and share it tell somebody to tell somebody to tell somebody but like as always if you have a dream pray on that dream research that dream and work until that dream becomes reality i'm last name good he's billy v atlanta, billy v. atlanta. we out yeah yeah